and welcome to Shuffle Buddies. Hello. <laughs> I hear some spooky sounds. Ooh. Actually, all I hear is possibly a snoring Ooh. dog in the distance. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, it's actually the month of Halloween. Yes, my favorite month. And to me, it feels like Halloween because we had a Halloween party on Friday. We did. We had like... It, I, I wouldn't even know if I would call it like a Halloween party, but it was like some of my old high school buddies. And so in total, there are six of us, which is good for game playing and just getting together and hanging out. And uh, we got together on Friday. I did put up decorations. I was going to say, I think it counts as a Halloween party because there were decorations. Yeah. There were people in costumes. Asterisk. Uh, I mean, they had costumes <laughs> on. They came with costumes. I crimped and, my hair and I put on a witch's hat. And there Megan were and lots Tom of... Megan and Tom had skeleton pajamas. And there were <laughs> lots of sweet, sweet treats to be had everywhere. So many treats and we're still eating them because yeah. I told everybody to take everything with them and Tom left some of those mini brownies on purpose. <laughs> He said Megan made him do it, but I think it was Tom. Okay. Well, I haven't. <laughs> but then I took some. a lot of Marin's Brussels sprouts. It all evens out. I've been I've been balancing out brownies and Brussels sprouts. Uh, mm. Yeah, and so this feels like we're running up to the Halloween spooky spirit. So I had some yeah. spooky things to talk about this oh. week. Oh, fun! I'm excited to hear. Even though about I'm it. kind of going down a spooky path, but. Truth be told, we recorded the... Yeah, we already recorded the game review. We're trying a new thing where it's like, we'll review the game right after we play it. Yep, we run right from the table to the mics and review it hot and fresh. Yeah. So it feels a little different because I'm kind of introducing something and then I can't really control where it goes later. So I'm like <laughs> setting up this spooky thing and I realize that's going to stop real soon, but that's okay. <laughs> I did Ooh. have some spooky games to talk about. Is one of them horrified? Yes, it is horrified. In fact, let's start with talking about that. Okay. Um, so we recently played the brand new edition of Horrified, which is called Horrified American Monsters. It was designed by Michael Mulvihill, and it's published by Ravensburger. Oh. Which right off the bat, um, I assumed it was a Prospero Hall like the other yeah. Horrified game was, but I looked on the Board Game Geek, it doesn't really mention Prospero Hall at all. So I don't know if this is something that Ravensburger picked up the rights to and isn't even under the Prospero Hall. And again, Prospero Hall, we talked about them last episode, I believe, and they're kind of a, a studio that brands their games as being designed by Prospero Hall. So when I saw a single designer listed as the designer on Board Game Geek, I kind of was taken aback a little bit. But all of that said, this is more horrified. And horrified is a kind of a pandemic-like cooperative game where you're running yeah. around a map and trying to defeat monsters instead of diseases. Yeah, same difference. Yeah. And the original Horrified came out uh, a couple of years ago, and I was a big fan of it, and it had a Universal Monsters theme. And the new Horrified uh, has an American Monsters theme, which is kind of like American cryptid. Yeah, it was super cool. Because like, I think the original Horrified, that's like Frankenstein. Yep, it was like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, the Dracula. I feel like the mummy was one. I feel yeah. like there was a the mummy. mummy, the creature from the Black Lagoon. So <gasps> yeah, just yeah. kind of those old universal monster types of monsters. Yeah. When the, is like universal, is that universal studios? Yep. It is the trademarked universal monsters. Yeah. yeah these American monsters were super fun. There was like a uh, Mothman, the screeching harpy. of The Banshee of the Badlands. The Banshee <laughs> of the Badlands. There's Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, Chupacabra. Mm -hmm. and the Ozark Howler oh, the, in addition. To I always, I was going to call it the Ohio Howler because <laughs> I, I think called you it called it that. It that. 
there there's like three of them that are location based mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well it's very it's americana very and i think yeah. that is probably the first big change is cool. that instead of kind of this like old gothic village that you're running around and horrified now it's kind of this 50s americana almost like a like on the back of the board there's kind of like a road trip map um, so it has just a, a kind of really different feel. And then the monsters themselves are just actually kind of a little bit creepier because the horrified monsters were not very scary. These monsters are a little bit scarier because they are kind of that like... They could be real. They could be real. They could not be real. But also their their designs and things are, are a little bit... They're not as like campy, I think, as the other yeah, ones. They're I a little bit spookier. That. I could see that. They were pretty spooky. But good not, production quality. Like yeah, those little miniatures were super good. Yeah. And the artwork is really amazing. In fact, I wanted to call it the artist Victor Maristan. The artwork across the board is just super top notch, really colorful, really beautiful. I love it. I'm surprised it was all done by one person, actually. Yeah, it was really fun. I really liked it. We lost because we didn't pay enough attention to the Banshee. Yep. Um, she got us. But... It took us a little while to play it just because we had just learned it. Mm-hmm. But right afterwards, I was re- I wanted to play again, but I was kind of like also I wanted to go outside and play. <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't play it again, but I did want to play it again. Right. Yeah. And we're going to play it a bunch more this month. I have a feeling. But oh, yeah, because um, it's so spooky. And we did just pull it out right. At, and, you know, it's rare that I do this. Just pull it out when someone comes over and just play it fresh with them. But I had played the original Horrified so many times that I was like the rules um, are going to be really similar. It's just like the the kind of gimmick of Horrified is every monster has its own puzzle and kind of own little rules. And so uh, in each game, you set up three different monsters or more if you want a more challenging game or less if you want an easier game, but you set up three different monsters and each one has a different kind of puzzle. One of them was actually kind of like finding clues and then you had to search the card artwork to kind of deduce who was the actual monster. That was the Jersey Devil. Yeah. The Mothman, you just had to set traps and then you mm-hmm. just had to basically lure him to a spot and pay a bunch of resources to get rid of him. Yeah. And so everyone is just totally different. Yeah. So every time fun. you play, you can mix and match it and it just creates a lot of variety. And it's just, it's actually, I would say, I was going to say it's like a pandemic light, but because of the way the monsters work, it's not really, it kind of is a little bit simpler in pandemic in some ways. But in mm-hmm. other ways, it's depending on the monster you fight, it's a little bit more of a family friendly pandemic. And then other ways, it's a little bit more complicated because there's more things to keep track of. Mm-hmm. I, I always love the original Horrified and I'm super happy to have American monsters because I just think cryptids are a little bit more my jam and I'm definitely looking forward to playing it more. Me too. I, I really liked it. It does have that extra level of complexity because there's three different monsters to keep sight of. Mm-hmm. And that's how we lost because we yeah. totally forgot about the Banshee. We and totally she ignored her, yeah. moved her violins towards the skeleton. <laughs> and uh, that did us in. We were doing really good on the other two. Mm-hmm. But we all forgot about the Banshee and she just kept advancing and advancing. And then it was too late, but it was really fun. I love the art and we played with a couple of friends and it seemed like they really liked it too. And they're both artists and a good spooky one. Yeah, it was a good spooky time. And uh, I have also been very inspired by the holidays uh, to get out a, not a spooky video game, but a, but a horror themed video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently a game called Back for Blood came out which is made by Turtle Rock Studios, and it's out on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. It's out on everything. Um, and Back for Blood is actually uh, a game that... Is back. It's for back blood. For blood, yeah. It is a game. <laughs> it, it's a game that's very familiar because the, the Turtle Rock Studio actually made a game a long time ago called Left for Dead, 
which was a cooperative zombie first-person shooter where you're running from safe house to safe house and there's just hordes of zombies and, and all sorts of different things coming after you. And when it came out, it was just like, unlike a lot anything that I had ever seen. And me and my friends got really into it and we played it a lot. Uh, and then Left 4 Dead 2 came out and we played that one kind of a lot. But the studio that made Left 4 Dead actually got bought by Valve and Valve published Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. And during that time, the studio who originally made it kind of just went off and did their own thing and restarted a studio. And as Valve does, Valve is the people who own Steam and they kind of seem like they care more about that platform now. Mm. They never did anything with it. So it's been, I don't even know how long since Left 4 Dead 2 came out a long time, like 10 years maybe. Oh, wow. And so I, we, you know, people have been sitting there being like, are you ever going to make a Left 4 Dead 3? Are you ever going to make a Left 4 Dead 3? And I guess Turtle Rock was just like, all right, we're going to do it. And so they made Left 4, or they made, and so they made Back for Blood and it picks up exactly where Left 4 Dead left off. It's like, it feels the same. It has the same mechanics. It has the same overall structure. Like everything about it is exactly Left 4 Dead. It's just a different name. Oh, funny. Um, yeah. And so, and, and of course it's, it has some updates bringing it to like the modern systems and stuff like that. Cause it's been 10 years since the last Left 4 Dead came up. But yeah, I just was like, you know, that sounds really good. And I called up some of my friends and we're like, let's buy this game. And even though I haven't really played online a lot over the past like five, 10 years. Yeah. We jumped back online and started blasting away. At oh, is that what you were playing stuff. last night? You said? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Until like one or so last night with, with a couple of them. So I'm glad that y'all are getting back to that. Yeah. And they released <laughs> it right at the right time. You know, I think people are in the mood to, to cooperate and shoot some zombies and yeah and uh overall it's it's exactly like left for dead and left for dead was amazing so it's pretty amazing i think the one thing they added that i'm not crazy about is like this card system you can like basically create a deck of cards and you kind of draw these random cards but it just it just feels odd on top of this this horror game hmm. and then the other thing that is a little bit of a bummer is like valve even though they kind of neglect some of their franchises they have like top tier story and and design and they just like polish everything to a golden sheen oh yeah and i think with back for blood i kind of am missing the creature designs from left for dead a little bit like they were a little bit more like truly scary and in back for blood they're a little bit more like big monsters with like glowing red spots for weak points and things like that which oh. is just kind of a kind of a trade down in my opinion but yeah at this point um it seems really fun. I have a lot to play. We 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 haven't even like finished the entire first like they call them runs, but I haven't finished this first run. And so I've got a lot to experience, but overall I think that it serves as a great place for if you're looking for that Left 4 Dead cooperative experience. Um I still think Left 4 Dead 2 might be the one I'd prefer to play, but at this point they haven't put it on a new console and I just right. don't really have the option. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. But I'm happy to be playing Back for Blood. I'm not saying it's bad at all. It's really amazing. Um, it's just amazing compared to something that was phenomenal. So Ah, uh, gotcha. It yeah. scratches the itch. Yeah, it definitely does. It's nice. been a long time. Oh, that's good. Well, to keep with like the spooky theme, we started watching a kind of spooky <laughs> show. Yeah, it's kind of unsettling. Yeah. Which uh, we're super late to the game, but uh, we're watching Squid Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I think we're like three episodes in and I really like it. I th it's just done really well. Yeah. I really it like it. The story is amazing. I mean, like it's 
horrible. But I read a review that said it was basically like the Hunger Games meets Saw, which I totally feel. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. Even though I kind of understood the premise going in. Yeah. Even in three episodes, it's not gone the way I expected it to go. Same. I was thinking it was going to be a real cheap... I don't know. I was thinking, I didn't think it would have as much story as it does. I thought it was, I actually, the first time I saw it, I thought it was a movie and it would, it would literally just be like Saw, where it was just going to be like a psychological thing where it's just like these games that all these people are brought to and it's horrible. And I really was not interested in watching it. See, I was interested. As soon as I saw it, I was interested in watching it. I think I I, I was expecting it to be kind of the slightly more lighthearted approach that it does take, where oh. it has a lot of humor. And, and I think I just got that from the images and from the marketing and all of that that I saw. Yeah. I'm just really surprised that it it's less in a single location than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be very like, Mm. we're in this in one single place and it's a bottle episode yeah it it (laughs) goes more places just like even setting wise than i kind of thought it was going to yeah it's just way more interesting than i thought it would be i thought it was like i thought i I saw it and i was like oh okay i think i know what this is going to be like you know but it's a lot more yeah they found a lot of ways to play within this conceit i like it i'm i'm super excited we would have kept watching last night but it was getting kind of late (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we watched three episodes and I was like, is it six episodes? Because I probably could do another three and just watch this yeah, all night. But I probably could have. Like, I probably could have done another three, but there's nine episodes. Yeah, so I was like, that's probably more than you can watch in one We night. couldn't do another six hours. Yeah. Oofta. But uh, yeah, that one was really good. I'm also um, reading a book right now that is about a very scary story. All of us, when we think of Cinderella, mm-hmm. are shaking in our boots (laughs) no but this is a really good book i actually am really enjoying it it's called all the ever afters the untold story of cinderella's stepmother by danielle teller and it is not something i normally would have gone for i'm just like cinderella what the that sounds a little i when i think of like ya i am -hmm. just not interested but i'm slowly breaking that down because there's still there's a lot of good ya books out there and I don't actually know if this one is, but I got it at that game store in yeah, Boston at Pandemonium. Pandemonium, yep. Yeah. And that one woman who worked there was telling me all about the differences in the genres of like what sci-fi is, what's fantasy, what's futuristic or all these different types of books. And so I think this one falls into fantasy or I, I don't even know if it would be fantasy because there's no magic or anything. Like there's not like the fairy godmother that was in like the Disney Cinderella is basically the head of an abbey or an abbess, I guess, for women. So she's like a religious figure. Mm -hmm. And so it was like basically the talk of the town that she did these like fantastical things and turned a dress from rags to a ball gown. It's all based in some sort of reality. It's just a different story. Even when you said that, I was like, you know, like if somebody just was a really good seamstress or something and they turned... Mm -hmm literal rags into a beautiful gown just by just with the work of just with, with hard skill. work that could become like a legend of like oh my god they work wonders you know like yeah so just i don't like know magical that's what it's about. But when uh, you said yeah it, i was like actually you know that's not that out of the realm of possibility to turn something one garment into a better garment so. yeah and it's so funny because like this book is i really like the way it's written because it has it's basically the story of that 
the you know wicked stepmother growing up being a kid getting, getting sent off to you know work at the manor of the town or whatever as like a laundry girl and then it'll flash forward to like a journal entry of hers when she's talking about her daughters and Ella Cinderella I guess her real in here I don't know if it's in the Cinderella story and here she's Princess Ethelda now because she's married the prince um so it kind of goes back and forth and it's like her childhood and then it shoots forward to a journal entry of her in the current day um and so she kind of uh addresses some of the things that happened in the story of Cinderella um and it's really interesting it sounds really interesting yeah yeah it's been uh it's a good book I enjoy it it was good yeah, so that's kind of what I've been up to. I feel like work, squid games, and all the ever afters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else I've been doing. Oh, we've been watching dogs. Yes. We've had a, a couple dogs. extra dogs at the house. And so actually I did like a kind of clean of the floors today because the dogs left. And I've been wanting to clean the floors for a while. And so I figured I was like, okay, after the dogs will be a perfect time to clean. That's kind of what I've been up yeah. to today. And so we're recording a little bit later than we normally would. I know. I'll probably go to bed after this. <laughs> I'm tired. Well, we can probably let you. I think we've talked about everything we're going to talk about. So we can probably move right on to the review, which is of Marvel Champions. (gasps) Marvel Champions. The card game. Yeah. Let's heroically transition to Marvel Champions. That was my kind of shooting up to the sky. Oh, yeah. I saw your arm. Everyone else can't see your arm (laughs) lift up, but I saw. (laughs) I know. So it probably didn't sound very uh, epic. Yeah. That's okay, though. It was pretty epic. I don't need I'll to be epic all the post. time. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> all right, here we are. We just landed in our coolest superhero pose because we just finished fighting Claw in today's featured game, Marvel Champions, the card game. Yeah. We're trying something new. We're recording immediately after our playthrough, so we have the game super fresh and we're just going to start talking about it. Yeah, like no intro, no no messing around. <laughs> no messing around. Yes, so let's jump to it. So the, today's game is Marvel Champions, the card game, which came out in 2019. It was designed by Michael Boggs, Nate French, and Caleb Grace. There's not really an artist. We'll probably talk about that later, but there's no accredited artist for it necessarily. Hmm. And the publisher is Fantasy Flight Games. Local Hometown heroes. Hometown heroes. Yep. They do a lot of the, uh, like, licensed stuff. They do a lot. Yeah. These days they do a lot of licensed stuff. Yep. Cool. And that brings us to Marvel Champions. So let me give you a basic overview of how Marvel Champions plays. At its heart, Marvel Champions alternates between two phases. First, the heroes are going to take turns where they're going to be fighting bad guys or trying to foil the villain's scheme. And then the villains will take a turn where they're going to be fighting the heroes, throwing problems their way, and trying to advance their evil schemes. Like I said, this back and forth continues until either the heroes defeat the villain, the villain defeats all the heroes, or the villain finishes their evil scheme. So I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into each phase. On the hero phase, the heroes are going to play as many cards as they like and take as many actions as possible as long as they can pay for them. The same cards they use to play are also the currency of the game. Every card has a small resource icon in the bottom left of the card, and that is a resource that you can use to pay for other cards. So essentially, whenever you play a card, you usually have to discard other cards in order to pay for that card. 
Played cards can do a load of different things. They can be one-time events. They can be equipment. They can be permanent special abilities, powerful attacks, uh, and they can even be other superhero allies who jump into play. In addition to playing cards, and a very unique mechanism to Marvel Champions, is that each hero also has two sides to their identity card, their alter ego side and their hero side. On your turn, you can flip from one side to the other once per turn. While on the hero side, you can do one of three basic actions, attack to damage enemies, thwart to halt progress on the villain's schemes, or defend to avoid damage from incoming attacks. While you're on your alter ego side, the main thing you can do is rest and recover. And think about it like this. These encounters in Marvel Champions are not like a single brawl on the street. They take place over the course of days or maybe even weeks. And in the downtime, heroes can return home and heal up and get their wits about them again. That's pretty much the hero's turn. On the villain's turn, the villain starts their turn by adding some threat to the main scheme. This acts like a timer. If the threat threshold of the scheme is ever met or exceeded, it's instant game over for the good guys. Then the villain is going to turn their attention to the players. If the player is on their hero side, the villain is going to attack them and try and deal damage. If they're on their alter ego side, the villain is unbothered by the heroes and has time to scheme, and they will scheme to advance the game timer. Finally, the villains deal an encounter card to each player, and these totally suck. They, could <laughs> they be... do suck. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> I, there's always way more than I ever expect. Yeah, they're never good. Ugh. They could be more attacks. They could be bring out secondary side schemes that we have to deal with. Um, minions or, or other enemies could show up to engage the heroes. They could deal horrible status effects to the heroes. Or they could even bring out hero-specific arch enemies and subplots. They do lots of things, but the point is they're never, ever good. After we resolve the encounter cards, then the heroes start their turn. You just keep doing this back and forth until, like I said, either you defeat the villain, the villain defeats all the heroes, or the villain finishes their master scheme. Besides that, there's a ton going on. It's all about the cards, and every hero and villain have different decks that change up the game, but that's the basic premise of Marvel Champions. Let me start by asking you this, Casey. Are you a superhero fanatic? Not a fanatic. Okay. I no. just wanted to set the stage <laughs> about our fandom, our loyalty to the Marvel comic universe. I should, I almost say MCU by default, but it, it would really be more towards the comics. Because yeah, because there's so many more characters in here that aren't in the cinematic universe. Yeah, and they're the comic artwork and stuff. I've so. never read the comics. Okay. No um, diehard fandom where I just have to buy every Marvel licensed game out there. And no. I am in the same boat. I probably have read some comics. I've seen most of the movies, but I'm definitely not like a dyed-in-the-wool Marvel fan. So I just wanted to get that out there. So just so you know, we're not crazy about Marvel, but we also don't hate superheroes. We like it. Yeah, we, we have. Because I think when you say like, oh, I'm not crazy about this, it means that you don't like it. We are. We're, ch we're chill with Marvel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> While Chris has his backwards hat on. I do have my backwards hat on. I had to rap with you for a minute about Marvel comics. <laughs> He's going to flip his chair around and just be like, listen, guys. This chair would be hard to sit on backwards. That would be a hard, it's like a swivel office chair. It'd yeah. be very hard to sit cool on. So that being said, the reason I picked up Marvel Champions wasn't because of the theme. In fact, I would say it was kind of a reason I haven't picked it up until now. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like with these licensed games or anything where it's like, it's Star Wars, it's Marvel, it's even like the Goonies or Horrified when it's just like movie monsters. I'm just kind of like, Ugh. well, then they're probably just going to rest on their the laurels of, of the having, franchise. Yeah, of the franchise and just being like, well, we don't have to make a good game because people are going to buy this no matter what because it's Marvel. 
Yeah, all that said, I think that Marvel Champions might make me a little bit more of a fan of Mm -hmm. the Marvel Universe, and it makes me pretty excited because I think the best thing I can say about Marvel Champions is it feels like doing really heroic things and being a superhero playing Marvel Champions. It totally reminds me of some of the more thematic games that we played lately where like the theme is really well you know uh integrated integrated into the actual gameplay where it's like oh yeah we're defeating them we're doing so good i can help you out you help me out we're playing off of each other and then all of a sudden i have three minions attached to me and the villain is a couple points away from his scheme uh you know following through on his scheme it does remind me of like a a marvel like i've only seen the movies but it reminds me of the big boss villain fight where it's like kind of winning. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, are they going to lose this one? I can't, I can't tell <laughs> if, if this wasn't like a Marvel movie where I knew they were going to win. I would really be nervous for them. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that's exactly kind of what I was going to say. It, ha- it follows kind of that cadence where at the beginning you're kind of like feeling okay. You're getting in a few early hits and stuff. Oh, yeah. And you're totally feeling like. Damage. Yeah, you're dealing a bunch of damage. You, you know, minions will come out, but you'll kind of beat them down. But it, it continues to build and build and, and and get a little bit overwhelming eventually. Like, yeah, you kind of like lose that momentum a little bit. Mm-hmm. But unlike the Marvel movies where you know they're going to win because it's a Marvel movie and like they have to win. They have to win if they want to have another movie. We could lose. But more often than not, I feel like we come through with we do win. like a final turn victory where it and it comes off in some kind of like really heroic way. And I kind of started this podcast with that hero's landing because we did kind of come off that game right now where we were not doing so great. We were not doing so hot. Minions kept coming out and getting all over our business. And, you know, we finished off with just like one super power hit. And we probably would have lost if we would have won another turn. We would not have won for sure. Like, because that's what you said. As soon as we won, you were like, good, because we are probably going to lose next (laughs) turn. And I was like, that's exactly how it is. It's like you just barely beat them like by the skin of your teeth. You know, it's like, right, you get that last little bit of energy and you're the one that's able to just like deliver that final punch where it's either going to be they do the punch or you do the punch. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to die. <laughs> and it can't be Marvel because we need to make more movies. And in addition to that, I also think so far you've played probably less heroes, but I really like sat down and played the solo through like every hero and I've oh, tried yeah, out everyone. Oh yeah, I've only played two heroes. Did the heroes feel different to you when you were playing from one to the other? Yeah. Because you played, the two heroes you played were Black Panther. Panther and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, because Black Panther, I feel like, had more cards that really played off of each other because you could kind of like build up your cool gear. Yeah, like, like his power like suit, his super Wakanda suit. power suit. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like, yeah, like that his sister would make for him. Yeah. Um, you were gearing up and you were collecting all of this gear and then you could play a card that basically fired off all of this gear that you've been collecting. Mm-hmm. With Captain Marvel, I feel like hers was just like, just like big freaking punches. Just powerful attacks. Just like pow- like powerful one-time attacks. There is that one card that lets you power up. Yeah. You use your lightning bolt resource to put coins on the card and then discard that card to use those coins to deal damage to deal massive damage massive damage like it can be used to deal 10 points of damage and i pulled 
two of those cards, <laughs> probably the only two in the deck. Yeah, I just played those like right off the bat and mm-hmm. powered them up and then got to use them in the first couple of turns while Chris was dinking around trying to get his Iron Man suit together. Oh, and I was the only one dealing damage. That's true. Well, you know, and that... <laughs> that feels like um, uh, that could be a little plot where Captain yeah, Marvel's out doing a thing, you know, Iron Man's getting drunk, falling on his ass and stuff like that. Can't do anything. <laughs> but at the end of the game, he came through. I was fully suited up. It was like final turn. And all of a sudden on one turn, I just had a massive amount of yeah. cards and I played all like three different pieces of gear. Yeah. And I came out and I landed like a supersonic punch to stick claw underground. And it was pretty epic, but it really felt like that. Like I was just, just having a hard time oh for the first gosh, part of the game. Oh my gosh, you weren't doing anything. <laughs> I, I was t- doing all the damage. Yeah, well, I feel like that's that's appropriate but to the character of Iron Man. Yes, that's exactly it. So to kind of get back to your original point, yeah, all the characters feel different. Like Iron Man, when you are on the Iron Man side, you can only hold two cards. Well, I can you hold know, one card or you can only plus hold one, one card for plus, every upgrade. Yeah. And I couldn't get any upgrades. And then every time I did, the villain would make me discard an upgrade. And I was like, oh, my God, that is that would be bad for any character. But for Iron Man, that was like the worst. Brutal. And yeah. I can't believe it happened to me, but it Ugh. did. I feel like Captain Marvel was a really good one. The only bad thing about her was like she had no defense. But I really liked that character. I played Black Panther twice. And he was pretty good. Like Black Panther is really good because he has all that gear. And I like... It really appealed to my engine building mm-hmm. uh, side. I enjoyed both of them, but I think I like Captain Marvel a little bit more. I felt like I was just like, pew, 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 yeah. pew, pew. Well, I think Captain pow, Marvel pow. might be one of the most powerful characters. Which makes sense because I feel like she, like her movie, yeah. when it was like the Captain Marvel movie came out and she's like holding something up in space, like yeah. bringing something <laughs> down from space. I'm just like, what the, come on. It's like, You're what, like, what are you doing, Hawkeye? Do? Come on. Your freaking Hawkeye. He was one of the allies that I pulled, and he's like, I have four arrows. It was funny because you put him out fine. It was like the final turn, too, and you're like, I'll play Hawkeye. And then you're like, Wait, what do his arrows do? They, they're they useless. And he didn't do anything. He just stood there right at the end of the game <laughs> just to very, witness the end. Very thematic, <laughs> very on point for Hawkeye. Yeah, but I do love that about Marvel Champions is that every hero plays way different. Yep. They feel really different and yep. they feel really thematic. A couple other ones that come in the box, it's Black Panther, um, Captain Marvel, I Was Iron Man. There's also Spider-Man and She-Hulk mm-hmm. in, the, in, the box. in the box. Yep. And Spider-Man is less like, a, he's probably like the most basic character. He's just really good. You can hit hard. He was you really can, good. You know, so, I remember you played him one time when I was playing Black Panther. I feel yeah. like they played off well together. Yeah. So he's a pretty good like meat and potatoes character. And then She-Hulk is all about basically like... She kind of like plays off her own damage so she can take tons of hits. And then she has this gamma slam that can do damage equal to the amount of damage she's received in the game. So you can kind of do these massive, but it's very like risk reward because you're sitting there at like one health being like, I need this card to come out. And then if you can't find that card, but it's really been fun to kind of go through these decks and, and play all the different styles and, and just kind of get into it. And I think that speaks really highly to the design where they really make, they really take the thought of the character and and change these decks and build these decks. Yeah. It encourages collecting more. It's really nice because you can just be you like, my favorite hero. All. Yeah, my favorite hero is Captain America. I can buy Captain America. My favorite hero is not Captain America, but you can go buy <laughs> Captain America. Um, you can just kind of pick up a character now and then. And I 
have found myself doing that already. Yeah. Just because I'm just like at the game store and they're like 10 bucks or 15 bucks or something. Yeah, because you just bought like Miss like Marvel. Yep, Miss Marvel and Venom is who I bought. Venom. But he's a different, he's like a, I'm, like I said, I'm not into the comics. The Venom you know from the card art from we, that we just saw in the game from right. that one card. Because there then, was, was it an ally or was it a minion? No, or it's like, just it an encounter an card. card wasn't it's it? an encounter card. And some of the more generic cards, they just put different art from different characters who kind of like embody the character of oh, that. Oh, yeah, because so, it was like, yeah, it was an encounter from the villain that basically it it was a picture of Venom. Right. But then it was really generic where it's just like, the villain deals two damage. Or he just attacked again. Yeah. And so yeah, like it was like called like aggression or something. And Venom kind of represents that aggression, it was just I guess. A picture. Yeah. The Venom that I bought has tons of guns and he's more of like oh. Venom cop. He still has his like black goop powers. Yeah. But he also has tons of guns. <laughs> and I actually have really liked him. Like I really like him because he's another classic like, American game maybe i just like gear up characters but that yeah. was a really good character where he had like a lot of different weapons and he can equip even more so you just got a big tableau of weapons to choose from every turn and and i actually thought he was pretty fun is that when you played with ryan uh i or probably that played, when you played on your own both okay i've played a lot of marvel champions <laughs> you did play a lot of marvel champions when you got it you're playing it a lot yeah and i i actually bought marvel champions just because it's been around and you're like might as well i'm just that kind of person where i'm like i just got to see what this is about and i literally bought marvel champions being like i'm gonna buy marvel champions i will play it two or three times Mm -hmm. i'll be like all right i know what this is about yeah and i will just i would play it a couple times and i would pass it on right what ended up happening is i instantly was just like Mm -hmm. that was pretty interesting and then i played it again and i was like that's really interesting even more so and then i kind of got more and more into it to the point where i just like i would sit down and lunch and play a half hour game of marvel and it plays really well solo and two players so i would play it by myself and then a friend would come over and i'd play with them and then i'd play by myself and then i'd play with you and i i just kind of churned through all these characters and then once i did i was kind of like well i wonder who else? And I didn't want to go by everyone. I just was kind of like, I'll, I'll keep it. Right. I'll keep it. You can only, cause you can only reasonable. play one at a time. Yeah. So it's like, don't overload it and then not enjoy or really take in any of it and just do one or two and play those out. And then you could be like, Oh, okay. I'll go buy a couple more mm-hmm. now. But if you it's love, love, love Marvel, then watch out because you're probably going to want to buy all the characters <laughs> <laughs> or if you're just have a you addictive have a personality. Character. But I think that's a really good hook in because it's just like pick your favorite superhero yeah. and everyone's got at least a superhero they like decently. And the cards, like I said in the intro, the cards in this game are kind of like the center of everything. And they're, you know, they're a currency, they're abilities, they're equipment, they're all sorts of different things. And they can be so versatile with all the different things they do with it. Yeah. Um, normally, I kind of am not like a super thematic gamer, I don't think. Like I like different themes, but I'm not like in it. I don't love like miniatures games and I'm, you know, that doesn't really pull me in. But these cards really pull me in because they're able to recreate so many different situations and so many different effects that you're just like, that's so clever. That's so clever too. Actually, it reminds me now that I'm saying that that's basically my exact critique of the entirety of my, one of my favorite games, Android Netrunner, where every card works on so many levels where you read the title and you're like, oh, that's funny. And then you read the ability, you're like, oh, that's awesome. And then you look at the art and you're like, oh, that's awesome. Like all three of these (laughs) things. I don't know if Marvel Champions goes to Netrunner levels of thematic integration and genius level 
everything, but mm-hmm. it's got to come close because I've been pretty into it. Um, yeah. Another thing I love about the cards is the fact that you pay for everything with the cards. There's no tokens to track like money or energy or anything like that. It's just like you have a hand of five or six cards or yeah. whatever. Uh, and if you want to play this card, you have to discard these three cards. Right. So every so it's hand. Like the cards. They list their cost up in the upper left-hand corner, but then every card is also worth something too, and that's shown in the lower left-hand corner. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of decide, like, do I want to try to play this card for its action, or do I want to use it for its resource? Mm -hmm. There are a few cards that are pure resource and they can't do anything else and they give you like two resources for a card instead of just like a a normal one but there is like that little pull it's like how do i use these six cards or five cards or one card or one card yeah (laughs) how do i utilize these cards in the most efficient way possible yeah and i think that that is kind of the puzzle of every character and the puzzle of every game. And I think I like I've seen people sit down. And when I first sat down and played the game, I was like, this game's freaking hard. Like this game is really difficult. It just seemed like I was trying to play these cards, but they seemed so expensive because everything was like three or four resources. And, and I was like, I got to throw away my whole hand to play one card. But that is the trade-off. And yeah. I think it encourages you to play fast and loose because you're just like, I need to get things out done. And how am I going to get it done the best way I can? And holding cards back in your hand, is it's wasteful because such you're going like, to drop to five or six or whatever your hand size is. So like, if you don't play those cards, you're kind of wasting You're just like only energy. being able to draw one or two more cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like if you aren't able to exhaust your whole hand at the end of your turn... I feel like you weren't using your cards as efficiently Mm -hmm. as possible. And you're just kind of sitting and waiting for something to happen. And while that's happening, the villain is scheming and attacking you and moving fast. And it's like, you also have to move fast. You can't just sit around being like, oh, I have to get the perfect combination of cards. And it's like, you're not. You have to just like play all of the cards you have that turn. At least for me, like that's how I feel. No, no, that's exactly how I feel. It's just like that's... And I feel like we've both done a really good job. We're yeah. just like... Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. And I think as I've played that, I've gotten better and I've just gotten less and less precious with the cards because, you know, you're like, oh, this is Iron Man's helmet. He needs to wear it. But you're just like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Right. Let's do it. Um, when I was playing with Ryan, we were playing against the hardest boss. And, you know, Ryan's like, should I hold this back? This is a pretty good card. And I'm like, we need to get this done. Like, no more being precious. We need to do this. And we did, again, win by that, like thread but you then found out you're using a card incorrectly he did play a card wrong so that you texted him a picture did he respond to you i haven't checked actually (laughs) i actually might have not finished the text i might have just sent him a picture of the card and never followed up with because i was playing it and i played it correctly and he's like oh ryan did not play this correctly and we barely beat that boss (laughs) so we probably would have lost but i really like the collaboration i love co-op games Mm -hmm. like i think they're super fun kind of discussing things back and forth and being able to discuss things back and forth. Um, Because I'll mention, I'll talk about this later, where this kind of reminds me of the mechanics of Gloomhaven a little bit. Um, In Gloomhaven, you can't talk. Well, you can't share specific numbers. You can talk, but you can't say, I'm going to move this quickly. I have this this card. I can like do these things. Yeah. You can say like, I'm going to move over there and attack that guy, but you can't say, I'm going to move to this spot exactly and attack this guy for five damage or whatever. Right. It's like, I think I have enough to move over there and deal him a significant amount of damage. And yeah. And, and, but I like in this game that we can just talk freely 
And I can be like, well, I have a card that can heal you. Do you need that anymore? And you're like, no, I don't need that. I just like used all these things to like get all this health back. And so then I was like, okay, I'll use that as for like energy. And I just like the back and forth. That's something really great about the two player game that of course you lose in the solo game a little bit. That's where not only do you get to talk about it, but the cards are actually really interactive in terms Mm -hmm. of you as Captain Marvel, you kept drawing allies out of my Oh yeah, because I had, um, there was a card that was like, make a move. I was able to dig through other people's discard piles to find an ally and use one of their previously discarded allies mm-hmm. as my own. And you you did that multiple times. Yeah, and, I did. And I had a card that could give you a discount. So before I took my turn, I'd be like, do you have any cards you are not going to be able to afford? Because I could use it yeah. for this. But, um, and so it allows you to have cards that really even though you're playing a cooperative game where you're really kind of in your own tableau, in your own hand of cards, in your own area, you do interact with a lot, even more than just planning. Literally cards that are just like, I'm going to give you this. I can equip this to you. I'm going to give you this. Just enough to make it so that you can really work together. When you play solo, you completely lose that. I, I could totally see that. I really like being able to talk to you and go back and forth and yeah, try to find the best way. I just like co-op games because then... It doesn't all come down to me. Yeah. And I love them for learning because then I'm just like, well, I don't totally get it, but I'll just like ask you questions and lean on you and you can help me figure out what to do. Yeah. I love cooperative games for learning, but then once I get into it, then it's really fun to figure out the most effective efficient use of both of our cards and you can really wring a lot out of these cards you think you don't have many options but when you really kind of like start breaking down what you're going to pay for and what you're willing to give up you can wring a lot of distance out of these cards yeah speaking of player counts though this game plays up to four and i did play with ryan who actually also did not expect anything of it he was like i thought this was going to be a terrible license game and he right. was super into it he wanted to play it again and we've beaten all the bosses together and stuff oh cute and he's really into it and then he wants to bring another friend into the fray yeah and i think that's cool because of course i want to share this game with everybody and i want to bring more friends into it but i'm kind of like is three players too many? I don't know if I want to play with three players. And I'm almost I positive I don't want to play with four players. And Oof. and this is why Marvel Champions does something that Fantasy Flight Games does often. That I, I understand why they do it, but I don't like it as a mechanism. They do it a lot with their trading card games like this game. This game's kind of based on like the Arkham Horror card game, which is mm. kind of based on the, the Lord of the Rings living card game. And they scale difficulty by putting a number on the card and then multiplying it by the number of players. Number of players, yeah. So the so if you're playing solo, the boss might be a 16 health boss. If you're playing two players, it's a 32 health boss. Oh my gosh. If you're gosh. playing three players, it just continues to grow from there. So I totally understand why that's a thing because you it's need to make it harder. And it's an easy way to increase to the like, difficulty. Okay, times four. But it also lays bare the the underlying math of what's happening that it kind of is it's just not very elegant i think because it just make it just makes the game take longer when i i right. i broke it out and we were going to play it before this and i was like yeah it'll just take a half hour and i was like it'll take 30 <laughs> minutes 40 minutes 50 minutes maybe 60 minutes because in my head i can crank a game out <laughs> in 20 minutes but then i'm like okay multiply that by 2 though plus a little time because we'll be talking and there'll be more deliberation and set up and like yeah. i haven't played it in a couple of weeks you know if you played with four players Ugh. i think it would be really long it also kind of tells <sighs> me that 
every character can probably do approximately 16 points of damage per this many turns or something like that. So it kind of, it just kind of lays that game design a little bit to the front where something like Pandemic, it doesn't matter how many players, you can play that one to four players. There's no change to set up. There's no change to anything. You just play it and uh, it doesn't last any longer or anything like that. That's the one thing that it's great with two. I love it at two. Two is perfect because yeah, I was thinking as soon as you started talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And they've done that on many games, and it it turns a game that is great at thirty minutes or forty minutes into like an hour and a half game, and then you're like, oh, this is longer than it should be. Now we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. To achieve the same goal, it just takes longer. So that's why I'm a little hesitant. Of course, I will if. Well, you'll you know, try. It I'll do for it. Sure. Yeah. But like that just remind like uh, when I was searching through your discard pile for an ally, like if I had, had another bunch of- <laughs> option or two other, It'd be like everyone present options. me all your. It'll be like the bachelor, but for allies. But for to allies, pull out. yeah. yeah. <laughs> where it's just like little stuff like that, where it's like this should be quick, and then you know, and then the villain deals out his events, mm-hmm. their events. Oh my god. The villain round would be like a chunk. That's probably why my one thing that I personally don't like, or I don't mind it, but I'm glad that you're in charge doing all of the uh, upkeep and yeah. the admin kind of stuff and doing the things of the villain. Because it's like, I am always just like, wait, no, but I'm on the alter ego side. He's not <laughs> supposed to attack me. And he's like, he's not attacking you. This is just the encounter yeah. or something where I'm just like, what? Why? Yeah, oh. you were on your alter ego phase and I gave you one of his encounter cards and you're like, I don't get one of these. I'm on my alter ego side. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> just for the attack. How dare you? I'm Carol Danvers. Yeah. How? You? What? No. That's how she talks in the movie too. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. She has a monocle. <laughs> I never. Yeah, so that is one that is one thing to consider with how many players you're going to play. Ooh. If you want to play it solo, I say go for it, go nuts. Play it two hands solo, that's fine too. Playing it with two players probably my favorite way to play, but it is really fun to just sit down, crank out a game, and it's over so fast. So, yeah, and that's that's what I like about it is like it's a solid, it's a good what we were playing for maybe 45, 50 minutes. Yeah, where it's like that's light enough. Where it was just like it's chill, it's yeah. cool. Whatever. I feel like if it's more than two people, it starts to become like a game night. Yeah. Which is fine, which is super fun. And I have I don't have anything against that, but it's not something that you can be like, hey, let's play a game. Mm-hmm. And right now it is with two people, it is something we can be like, let's play a game. Yep. Sounds it so is. creepy. Ooh, <laughs> let's play a game. <laughs> let's play a game. But we say let's play a game all the time. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. We're taking it back. <laughs> We're taking it back, Saul Man. Jigsaw on his freaking little bike. That punk. Uh, this game is based on the Arkham Horror living car game, hmm. which I own a lot of, and you've played it with me a, a long have. time ago. And I totally dig Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm really into it. And I have bought a lot of it. Yeah. That game, there's a little bit more of a through line as you play it where. Um, you know, you make decisions, one mission leads into the next and it leads into the next and you kind of progress through multiple missions and your success or failures influence it. It's based in that Cthulhu mythos. So it's kind of just like, it's like really difficult. It's a little bit more difficult than Marvel Champions. And I really like that, but I don't play it that much. And then I was like, why am I kind of a little bit maybe more into Marvel Champions when I kind of thought that was 
more interesting mm-hmm. and it has more going on. You can play these campaigns and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, being like, you pick a hero, you pick a hero, we'll pick a villain, let's go, we're doing this. Yeah. That's way easier to get to the table than being like, okay, let's do the upkeep. Remember, you had these cards and we finished here, so we need to add this character to the deck and blah, blah, blah. That's one of the reasons that I think that I play Marvel Champions more. Marvel Champions has made me want to go back and play Arkham Horror because I do think mm. it's a really good game and, and I haven't played a lot of what I own we'll for it. we have to do that like over the winter. Yeah, that would That'd be, be good. good. We should just do a campaign game. and have it set up and not take it down. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the other reason that I was thinking that I like Marvel Champions more. On the hero's turn, you are at the whim of your cards, but every attack hits. Every card you play is meaningful. Everything you do advances whatever you're doing. Yep. And then you have to deal with the 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 perils and the pitfalls that come from the villain's turn when all the enemies are attacking and dealing you out these cards. And then once you deal with them, it's your turn. And that's when you're flying around and punching and doing all these things. Arkham Horror, the card game, is so similar in so many ways, except when you try to make an attack or when you try to basically do the version of scheming um, in Arkham Horror, you have to draw from a bag. And it, it's basically a dice roll, but it's it's mm-hmm. a pull from a bag so they can change the randomization numbers a little faster and easier. Mm-hmm. So there's so imagine if you were playing this game and you were and I was Iron Man doing that final like flying smash hit for eight damage because I had my aerial boots engaged. And then I had to pull a chip from the bag and there was a chance of doing three less damage or even a critical failure and just missing completely. Ugh. I think that unlucky element of Arkham Horror is also what keeps me from playing it sometimes because it's just really a little bit more unrelentingly difficult. That's brutal. When you invest so much in a card and then you finally get to use it and then it fails and you're just like... This is the moment where we are going to kill the mm -hmm. villain and we have to do it now. And we've worked up to this moment. We've worn them down. And if we don't do it right now, they are going to kill us. That would be so devastating. (laughs) Yeah, it is devastating. Although I will admit it makes sense for that theme. You know, Cthulhu monsters are a whole different beast than like That is true. There's a lot lot more going on. Yeah. And like it's all about being infinitely perilous, you know, and and so it kind of makes sense in that. But it just makes it more difficult to play. That would make me anxious. I don't want that right now. The missions also take account losing so it's like you can continue the missions even if you lose sometimes so so it deals with it but i think just that level on your turns in this game you're like holy crap i did a ton like that was a good turn and i did a lot and it felt really good and i think that level makes it worth it so when you do the villains upkeep phase you know it's over pretty quickly but you're right back in it and then you get another big turn hopefully or you're iron man and you don't do anything yeah and i do like that we get our turns. You go, I go, and then it's the villain turn. I go, you go, and then it's the mm-hmm. villain turn. And so I feel like, you know, like the villain turns can be pretty destructive, but then we get two turns. We get two big opportunities to deal some damage, heal, come back. You feel like you're back in it because mm-hmm. it does feel like you're just getting slapped around <laughs> for a while. Right. And you're just all you can do is sit there and watch and then be like, okay, now I can act. Yeah. And the better you get, the better. Like, I feel like in the beginning, I did feel like I was getting smacked around a lot more and then doing not much. But the better I get and the more I play and the more you get used to your deck and, you know, the more you learn your cards and 
um, you know, you really do kind of start feeling more and more like a superhero. So, yep, totally. Um, it is the thing where it's like you just get punched, 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 uppercut, you know, and then they slide all the way back and then they come to their superhero pose and they're like, let's freaking do this. And then they come back and they're like, combo, combo, punch, punch, kick, mm-hmm. blast. Yeah, I feel like that's what it's like. Yeah, so I think the best thing that I can say is like a lot of these games I finish and I'm like, man, that was freaking awesome. Like we really killed yeah. it at the end. And so it goes um, fast. Yeah, I think Marvel Champions is uh, a, a huge surprise for me. I just did not expect to to like it as much as I did. And, yeah. and I can, I've got this right here that I picked up today. Oh, Marvel Champions Rise of the Red Skull. So I've got is more this... villains, more hero, a couple more heroes. Oh. So it's another expansion. So Fun. Yeah, because I beat all the bosses with Ryan, and then he's kind of like, I guess we could fight him again. And he's like, I wish there was more bosses. And I was like, well, Fantasy Flight has an answer for that. <laughs> well, Ryan, I got you. <laughs> I know, I have to deliver. He Ryan's to like, aw, thanks, Chris. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I think that sums up how we feel about Marvel Champions. Yeah. I said this earlier, but I want to make sure I'm not totally way off. Because I did have somebody at work, we were talking about board games, and Mm -hmm. he asked, have you ever played Gloomhaven? And I was like, I have played Gloomhaven, and I really like it. But again, that's another one where I'm lucky you do all the administrative (laughs) tasks and the upkeep. Um, And then I was like, hey, actually, because he has younger sons, just like younger than me. (laughs) And, you know, he's trying to get them to kind of get into games, it sounds like. And I was like, oh, well, actually, I just started playing Marvel Champions and it kind of reminds me of Gloomhaven, where it's like the cards are the powers and the resources, mm-hmm. and you have a limited amount that you can do, and you are kind of cooperating with somebody. And then also, it's like you do your thing, you do your thing, and then the villain does their thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I feel like Marvel has a lot of the same mechanics, but none of that upkeep between games, where you're right. just like, okay, we have to write down like what you know, health we ended at, how this mission went, Mm -hmm. if we won or lost. Like, you basically have a journal of how it went. And then when you go to set it up, it's like, okay, looking at this, where do we put all the pieces? And it goes here. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, here's the mission that we're on. And with Marvel, like you said, we literally just sit down and start playing. Yeah, you're just like, here's a hero. Am I heading in the right direction with that comparison to Gloomhaven? Um, I mean, I would say it's like Gloomhaven in that it is a very cooperative game where you're really able to work together and like plan around each other. And it also is a game, even though Gloomhaven has miniatures and tiles and things, it is a card game. It's a card game. Because you have cards and those cards, you don't use, you don't spend them to play other cards, but you can either play them, remember, face up or face down. Mm -hmm. And they have, so you're kind of like giving up an ability to play at a different ability and you kind of play a you know, one face oh, up, one face down, and then you get to use the top and the bottom of one card. So you're always, while. you're always making that trade off. So in that way, it very much feels like every time you trade-off. play a card, it's a trade off and it's a yeah. sacrifice. But you just kind of have to make those sacrifices. And you have like a limited amount in your hands, and then you can kind of discard them and draw back up. So I think if the appeal of Gloomhaven was building a character and and buying things in town and doing all those things, then they, you know, Marvel Champions might not scratch that itch. But if mm-hmm. the appeal was just like working together and being clever with cards, then like then for sure it's something I would totally recommend. Yeah, and I kind of thought of it as like a nice way to kind of dip your toes in the water of that kind of in mm-hmm. in that realm. Gloomhaven is such a huge 
lift. Yes. Um, Although I'm surprised you didn't just recommend the Gloomhaven Jaws I know. Of the Lion, I think you told me that afterwards. And I was like, well, I forgot about it. <laughs> also, I haven't played it. I've never played that one. Well, it's just like regular Gloomhaven, but the setup's easier. Oh, I do like that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not as expansive, that. but... Yeah. I mean, this... Uh, well, maybe... We haven't even come close to getting to all the corners of Gloomhaven. I mean, I, ga- I, I gave away Gloomhaven. I mean, this is now becoming a review of Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven <laughs> was great, and I thought it was great, but it was more than I wanted. I bought Jaws of the Lion. I played through it start to finish with Ian. I finished it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm probably good on Gloomhaven for like... Maybe forever. Like I thought but it was great. We still have Gloomhaven. I still have Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. <gasps> I don't have Gloomhaven. I got rid of that a long time ago. Really? That giant box? That would our mission. It's gone. I was the mystic, I think. I can't remember. We hadn't played it. <laughs> <gasps> Chris. <laughs> I think I told you I when feel... I got rid of it. I don't remember that. Well, it was okay. a while ago. Is that the surprise you wanted to tell me about no, on I'll this? T- no. <laughs> surprise. I got rid of Gloomhaven. I don't know why you never want to talk about it. That's fine. I'm okay with it. Okay. But yeah, to get back to our review. Well, let's like, get back to the surprise. Oh, yeah. The surprise. Did you know? This is just a piece of trivia that I realized as I was putting together the show notes for this episode. Yeah. Did you know that on the night that we went on our first date? Mm-hmm. I left that date and went to a party with the designer of this game. <gasps> the designer of this game? Yeah, one of them, Michael Boggs, yeah. Oh, because I remember that you met up with a friend who was working at Fantasy Flight. Yep. It was her party, I yep. think. Yeah, I, I just no saw idea. his name. I, I was writing his name in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, he wait, that, that was party. on the first night we ever met in person. Oh, that's so sweet. We went to a red sauce Italian eatery. Digidios. Digidios in St. Paul on West 7th. So good. And it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. We were, supp- <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to meet up for coffee that morning. That was the first time we were ever going to meet. And then I was living in an apartment and I was doing laundry that morning. And the dryer wasn't working. And I was like, ah, I can't meet for coffee. I still have clothes in the dryer. I was like, what about in an hour? And then you're like, yeah, okay. I was like, I still have clothes in the dryer. (laughs) Like it was not working at all. It took me like three hours to dry my clothes and like freaking 20 bucks. That apartment sucked. (laughs) Um, But then I was like, oh, can we just do dinner? And you were like, um... Yeah, maybe we can. We could probably find a place on New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, no, it's New Year's Eve. Whoops. I forgot. And we did. And we did. And it was Digidio's and it was perfect. And I loved it. And now we're together. And And then we went to our separate parties. Yeah. I took an Uber there. (laughs) I drove you there. I took an Uber to Digidio's. Oh, yeah. And then you drove me all the way across to Minneapolis for my party and then went to your party. You were so sweet. So well. that's Marvel Champions. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was interesting when I, I was like putting that. the notes together. It just Aww. then I told Casey I had a secret, and then she was obsessed with learning my secret, and I didn't want to tell her until now. So <laughs> I'm glad you told me now, and not over text last night, where I was like, "No, tell me my your secret. I'm on the edge of my seat." And you're yeah. like, "I might have oversold this." <laughs> I think it was way better in person. If you told, if you would have texted that to me, I would have been like, "Okay." <laughs> cool well yeah 
So overall, I really, I've, I've really enjoyed Marvel Champions, yep. and I'll probably keep playing it, and I'll play new characters now that I've tried a new one tonight, and yep. I'll probably challenge myself to try new ones in the future. But yep. I like it. It'll be something I think I'll probably every once in a while just buy a couple new characters and keep kicking it around. Nice. It's probably really accessible to your friends too because you can be like, "It's Marvel," and they'll be like, "I'll give it a try." It's Marvel, baby. It's Marvel. You're gonna love it. Come give it a try. Dip your toes in. Roll up your pants. Dip your toes in. Well, yeah, if anybody wants to find us online, do you want to tell them where to find us online? No, that's your job. Dang it. Okay, shufflebuddies.com. And then Instagram, I believe, where it's shuffle underscore buddies underscore pod. Because they let us have the longer name. Mm -hmm. And then Twitter is just shuffle underscore buddies. Yep. And all other podcast listening thingies apps (laughs) yes basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts you can we're there we're lurking we're lurking in the shadows like listen to me we're super fun and i'll go ahead and throw this out there we also have board game geek guild number 3836 Ooh, bgg for those who know yep and uh currently no one uses it but if you (laughs) post it i subscribe to it so somebody did post to it with questions that I really appreciated. Uh, I wasn't subscribed to it, so I missed them by like months. Oh, no. But I went back and answered them. Um, That's so cool. I can't believe. Them. Yeah, I can't believe somebody like interacted with us. That's so exciting. Yeah, come so back. If you come to Board person. Game Geek Guild number 3836, uh, 3836 and post, the Shuffle Buddies will be there to respond. Yeah, Chris is super into that stuff, so... Obviously not that into it because I well, did he not is pay now. Attention. He is now, and Chris just actually went through all the work of basically posting all of the games that we've ever talked about on this show and will ever talk about, and and giving timestamps for when they've been talked about. Yep, it's a geek list on Board Game Geek. So yeah. if you ever uh, want to see if we've ever talked about a game, even in the kind of intro sections, not even the kind of featured games, you can yeah. go through that list, and if it will tell you if we talked about it what episode and at and what when. time so yeah, you can cut it's pretty right cool. to the chase yeah i like it That's that was awesome more that. that was actually more for me so that mm-hmm. way i could remember if we've talked about something before and where to find it and where to find it because i might yeah because i feel like already i'm like did we talk about that or not and so i figured i'd put together a database for it yeah we're just so big time we just talk about so many things you know and like we've just done so much mm-hmm. and now we're gonna do some more Shuffling away. game for babies <laughs> but there's no, a lot really, of reading in this game it really was good i know but like you can read to babies <laughs> that's true um,